the Chinese year of the black milkshake. Welcome to Black Milkshake Comedy Podcast with me, Ray Mack, and him. Jormar Kirko, we've got a special Christmas gift for you to unwrap today. We've got a very, very special guest on the show who has a name that you might want to remember. Michael Maloney is only 17, but he's becoming a big name already in his native Ireland and is already a veteran of dozens of national TV and radio shows. And this year played at Electric Picnic alongside big names such as The Killers, Billie Eilish and Paolo Nutini. And if that wasn't enough, he's now got his biggest gig yet here on Black Milkshake Comedy Podcast. It's an absolute pleasure, Mickey Michael Maloney, to have you on the show. How the hell are you? How are you guys? I'm doing great. How are you? Yeah, we're all right. We're all right. It's getting wintry here, isn't it? Of course. But uh, God, it's been cold here. It's been cold here today. It was one degree this morning, which is very one cold degree. for you. That's yeah. I wouldn't be. I don't think I'd be able to handle one degree, honestly. Like I don't even know what temperature it is. But I was coming home from school, and I was like, I had to. I have a hat, and I had to put on a hat, and I have a big giant coat. And even then, I was like, I was shivering. I was like, oh, I can't do this anymore. And it's funny because I was like, I never really noticed the cold too much other years. But this year, I'm like, oh, just get me home and under a blanket in bed. I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I know the feeling. They're talking about uh, Scandinavian winds, I think, aren't they? Coming down, and I think we're getting some of those as well. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> Seventeen years ago, in Mayo, a tale began to unfold. Michael Maloney's story in Versus Bold. Can't dance, he sings, a pop earworm so sweet. A journey through struggles, a resilient feat. Inspired by shadows, but taking every chance. The contrast emerges, not visible first glance. Dark lyrics, yet an upbeat chorus. Metaphors abound, clever songs for us. His Mayo roots, his musical feats. On the Late Late Show with Dermot Kennedy, with heartfelt lyrics and a soulful sound. Maloney's on the rise, but his feet are on the ground. In the Academy's embrace, tall he'll stand. October's Eve, a destiny planned. Supporting one Robert Grace, my, he took his chance. Maloney's anthem on resilience, but still, he can't dance. Michael, you're a great talent, and I'm sure you'll go far. I'm going to hand you over to two other young talents now, Yorma and Ray. An honor to make your acquaintance, Michael. This is the cleanest poem I've ever done, due to your tender years. But I'll write you a real one, when you're 21. How does that sound? The famous Morgan. Did you like, did you like, the, uh, did you like the poem that he uh, made up about you? Oh, it was brilliant. It was really, I was... I was listening. And I, I was like, "Is that Morgan Friedman?" <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, it was. Um, I can't. I don't. I don't even know how you did it. I. It's some sort of magic. It must be. But oh, it was brilliant. It was. Brilliant. Must, it must be magic. But, <laughs> but I, it's quite, I, it's as he quite said, obvious, Jimmy. <laughs> it's quite <laughs> obvious. Uh, Morgan, uh, if he writes a poem about you, <laughs> it's obvious he's been listening to your material. Plus, he's becoming a big fan, Michael. <laughs> Ooh, let's go. Yeah, absolutely. 
Absolutely. No, I, I mean, I was quite impressed with him, really, because normally his, his poems are uh, they, they sometimes can get a bit rude or a bit personal at times. But I thought I thought he did quite a nice job it's there a, because it was Shakespeare level. Shakespeare <laughs> level. <laughs> oh, he's, he's, he's better than those kind of fellas. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I loved I loved how he said Maloney on the rise, but his feet is on the ground. Mm. (laughs) if my calculations jimmy uh and michael are correct if i go back three or four days from now it would be uh last weekend three years ago you would have been on stage in the rte studio and about to go on live on the uh, late late show toy show to hammer out a cover version of Giants by Dermot Kennedy. Can you tell Jimmy and the Shakers, can you talk us through that, by the way? It'd be a nice intro to the show. Yeah. Um, well, first of all, I can't believe it's three years. That's nuts. Like, you know, if somebody is told it me... three years? Am I correct? It, it is. You're correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you look a lot older than you did in that footage now, I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's funny because I had short After hair. After the nappies now. <laughs> yeah. Come on, fuck's sake, Jimmy. He's only 70. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, in the process, I'm in the process of. Um, yeah, it's funny. I had short hair then, and then I've been growing out long. And then just like yesterday, the day before, I got it all cut off again. So I'm, I'm looking a bit more similar to how I was back then, but still, still a bit different. But um, yeah, it's mad. Like if you told me it was a year and a half ago, maybe I'd believe you. But three years is, is something else altogether. But um, yeah, it was it was crazy. It was it was a really really cool experience. So it was kind of the year of COVID, um, and you know we, um, me and my mum were looking online, and we saw you know one of these links they pop up or something like oh apply now to be the next toy show, you know and. Um, People have been kind of saying, you know, because I've been busking in, in Galway and posting covers online kind of all throughout that year. Mm-hmm. Well, I hadn't been busking too much because it was COVID, but I've been posting covers online and kind of just COVID gave me a lot of time to focus on the music and kind of learn a load more songs. And so people have been saying, you know, you should you should enter Michael for the Toy Show or Michael, you should go forward first. Um, and so we saw this online and it was, it's, it's funny actually. So I think... Um, the deadline to to apply for it was like on a Sunday, and we we sent them a video literally literally the evening before the deadline. It's oh. it's yeah typical of me. I'm always like last minute with quite literally everything. Like so, it, it almost didn't make it through. Um, but yeah, so I I um I sent in a video, and like, honestly, I did not think anything more of it because it was kind of like you know the toy show. You know, it's it's a one in a million chance. So I sent it off more so out of kind of dare I say guilt because I feel like if I hadn't sent it in I would have been like you know what if or what could have happened mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I sent it in and I didn't think anything of it then about two weeks later um, <laughs> so mom, my mum's a teacher and she was in the middle of um, she's in the middle of class and she gets a phone call from this like random number and she's like oh I'll answer and <laughs> it was like it was, a, it was a woman from RTE and my mum, oh, she's so funny. She, she, she was in hysterics. She was so shocked. She, she was like, oh my god, how am I going to go back in and teach a class after hearing this news? <laughs> so, 
Can we, can we just, just, sorry to interrupt you, just to make it clear, yeah. RTE is the uh, the national broadcaster in Ireland, mm -hmm. if uh, any of our listeners are not aware. Sorry, Michael. No, not at all. Um, so, yeah, she was she was shocked and surprised, and they'd asked me um, to send them in a cover of Giants, because uh, I'm kind of all over the place, I'm not a great storyteller, but <laughs> um, previously in May of 2020, uh, I had auditioned and got through to be on, do you guys know, the Maura and Dahi show? It's kind of a morning talk show in Ireland. So they, because of I quite, COVID, I quite like Maura, this. actually. Yeah, <laughs> they're great. <laughs> but um, <laughs> so um, they were doing this thing, like a zoom in from your living room, where you kind of, um, you go on Zoom and you sing a song um, from your living room. So I had been on that and I had sang a Dermot Kennedy song, Outnumbered. So I had, when you were applying for the toy show, you had to write a big bio. So I had included that in it. Um, so they asked me to sing Giants by Dermot Kennedy and to send it on to them. So I spent the next three three days maybe perfecting it and recording it and getting everything. Oh, you know, <laughs> I spent so long getting every minute detail, trying to get it right. So like I'd record it and then I'd be like, no, the timing is unright on that. Let me do it again. And I spent like three days, oh, probably overthinking it, but... I was like, anyway, you can never overthink things. So I, I sent it in and that I never thought anything of that, even to have been kind of gone through to the next stages of the audition process was kind of my claim to fame. I, I never expected to go any further than that. So I sent that off with a wing and a prayer and, um, yeah. and didn't think too much of it. Then uh, another two weeks went by and my mum gets another call. Uh, she, she was, she was uh, inundated with these calls. She, she, um, she gets another call. Um, again in the middle of class from RT. Um, Jesus, she was surprised by the other one. She was just so surprised by this one, um, to say the least. But she gets a uh, call from RT to say, Hi, we're calling from RT. We'd love Michael to, to go on the toy show and sing a song. And she, she was floored. And um, yeah, so she imagine. knew this. Yeah. So she knew this and she came home from school and uh, she invited my and my cousin over to tell me the news and I came in off the bus from school or because it was like a Wednesday or a Thursday or something and so I, I come in the door and they're all kind of sitting around the table ominously and I'm like is everything okay she said I do something and um, then they broke the news and I was I was I was speechless like I was it's kind of it was hard to take in because you're like yeah I bet it was I bet you were so relieved yeah, she hadn't yeah, found yeah. something under your bed <laughs> I, rem I remember being a teenager. <laughs> I bet you do, Michael. If we can, you know, you, you, you did choose uh, Giants, and I think seriously, I even said to Jimmy that you killed that. I mean, you smacked it. I mean, you took it to a brand new level. Uh, fast forward, you're on the stage, and you were you were singing that. You were about, about a minute in. I mean, yeah. how are you feeling the minute before that? And I mean, the surprise that you're going to tell the uh, Shakers, what came after that minute? Go on, yeah, go on. Well, it was the whole kind of day leading up to that was just such a whirlwind of everything, kind of nerves, excitement, confusion. Quite literally, every, every emotion was, was hitting me all at once, but... So even before I went on, we were in a dressing room backstage and, you know, we got to see the RT studios and the whole thing was quite surreal. But um, the whole evening I'd been 
I, the whole week really before if I hadn't been speaking because I was like I'm saving my voice I was I may have been um quite over cautious but I hadn't been speaking and I um you know was minding my voice and my whole thing was kind of go on the show sing the song don't mess it up and, and get off and you'll be grand I was like just my my head was just just get it get the lyric get the lyrics right and like you know I was like oh what if, what if I mess up and and one was like, oh, just whatever you do, just, just keep singing, keep going. So I had, um, you know, I was getting myself mentally prepared. So I went down and um, kind of like with any performance, really, it's kind of like you're nervous and you're nervous. And then you go on and you start singing and like the nerves, they kind of just shoot away. And so I was singing and I was I was having the best time ever because it's you got to kind of savor these moments in the middle of it all because it's kind of. So once in a lifetime thing really mm. and it, it was just it was amazing and it was so cool the whole experience and then <laughs> out of nowhere uh Dermot kennedy comes on up from behind me <laughs> and starts singing along yeah and that oh, was something else and it you was had crazy. absolutely no clue that he was there at all but it was obvious Zero. jimmy yeah i believe mean, i was watching well, it was it for you because you watched it but he didn't know i watched did it he? on tv in, in my sitting room in, <laughs> in istanbul <laughs> I was more excited than Michael was. <laughs> <laughs> I was so proud of you. I mean, I had, <laughs> seriously, shivers down my backbone. Seriously. <laughs> I could just imagine how you were feeling. Incredible. Oh, it was, it was, it was incredible. It was nuts. It was, it was funny because when he first kind of came out from, so he came out from behind me and mm. um, at the start, I thought it was the back. So I was singing to a backing track and at the start, I thought they were turning up the volume of the backing track or something. And I was like, what, what is it? what's happening to the track? Like, how is his voice getting louder in the tracker? And then I, and then that, in that split second, I just turn around and he's looking at me and we make eye contact and he's singing along. And it was, it was, <laughs> I, I, it's not, it's kind of, it's hard to even like, I don't even remember what I was thinking. I don't think I really was. It was one wow. of those kind of just moments where it just, it's, it's, it's crazy. So at that stage, I had to make the, the quick decision. I was like, what, what do I do now? You know, because you're on live television and your idol comes out from behind you and starts singing a song with you. And it's kind of like... And, and, you're also, and you're also 14, I believe. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. And Jimmy, so, he, didn't, he didn't bat an eyelid. I mean, you just kept on going like the pro you are right now oh, i mean seriously uh, uh, jimmy uh, you, you, you've watched the video yeah, i've, I've sure seen it i've seen watch. it yeah yeah <laughs> and, all right uh, absolutely yep. phenomenal good skills as we say on this show absolutely oh, yeah. thank you it was uh, it was crazy and i was thinking i was like well it's not every day you get to sing with your idol so i had mm. to i had to make use of the opportunity and so i was like i gotta keep singing i gotta keep going so yeah i um the song kept going and i it was it's still just surreal to think about it, like to this day, mm-hmm. three years on. Did you did you speak to him afterwards? Oh, I did. Yeah, he's what, he's a nice guy. What was he guy. like? Was he really? He was. Oh, he was so nice. He he's genuinely one of the most down to earth people mm-hmm. I've ever met. Like he, and as well, he's a left handed guitarist, mm-hmm. and I'm a left handed guitarist. So we were talking about that as well. Um, it was actually <laughs> there were there was a few other surprises. Like when I so I got off the stage. And um, a few people from RFC um, kind of greeted me when I got off the stage and they were like, Dermot had to rush off quickly or something because of COVID, but we're going to bring you up to this room now and, you know, 
chat to you for a while. And then when I went up, Dermot was standing there. So they surprised me with Dermot Kennedy again. They told me that he had to leave. <laughs> and I went up to the dressing room upstairs and he was there. So but I was I, I, another I, shot. Yeah, Michael, I, I watched the way he, he was looking at you. And he says, this guy is really smacking this and taking it to a <laughs> brand new level. He didn't want anything to do with it. Like you really took it over. That oh, was during <laughs> that was during Turbity's, uh That was during Ryan Turbidy's time, Jimmy. Uh, yeah, I know. And Turbidy has you were on his you were on his last show, I believe, Michael, weren't you? Before yeah, uh, yeah, before yeah, the yeah. scandal. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. It was. It was. Yeah. That was. That was May. May of this year, I think. Yeah. That was. Mm. That was great. Do you, do you that think, was... Michael, he might uh, invite you to BBC Virgin? For his afternoon show after the Ginger, what, DJ what's BBC Sevens. Virgin Ray? BBC I thought they Virgin were two Ray. different companies, weren't they? Well, it's a Virgin. Virgin Radio is owned by the BBC, isn't it? No, it's not. Are you sure? I'm very sure. <laughs> They're My huge God. rivals. <laughs> anyway, yeah, are you serious? I'm serious. Anyway, well, I, you might get an invite. <laughs> You might do. We yeah. might as well, Ray. You never know. <laughs> you, you never know. Um, one ginger to another ginger. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, a couple of weeks ago, we played uh, Michael's stunning version of Rocket Man um, on the show, and that uh, that went down well with our audience. So he's uh, he's got a few other songs for us, um, which he's going to play today. Um, so here he is with Keen's Somewhere Only We Know. Somewhere to be 
Placebo, Coldplay, David Gray, Damien Rice, James Blunt, Travis. Around 15 years ago, Michael, I mean, that was my particular delight of music. And I mean, Keane's track was actually, that was my favourite track somewhere that you might know. You remember oh, Travis, remember. you remember James Blunt, Damien Rice, David Gray, Coldplay, Placebo. I mean, these were a hot property going yeah. back 15, 16 years ago. I, Jimmy, I, read, I read on today in a, in a piece about you um you did you, you've said that the 90s were a particularly big influence on you um which is quite interesting really for somebody of your years i mean what year would you have been born in 2006 yeah. 2006 2006 i was born in yeah where did that come from as an interest i kind of well i like to um i like to listen to i try to listen to music kind of from any time i kind of well i was when i was growing up kind of when I was younger, um, my dad, he, he owned a music pub in Balanan. So he kind of, him and my mum used to introduce me to loads of music. So I kind of grew up listening to the Beatles and Bob Dylan and mm. Leonard Cohen and um, Guns N' Roses as well and Nirvana. And so kind of music from, from, from all times. And so mm. I kind of, I kind of tried to listen to, I don't, I don't like listening or, or kind of staying in the one genre bubble, if you get me. Cause like there's loads of great music out there just, waiting to be discovered so I, I kind of tried to mix it up and the 90s really is a, is a it's a really great era of music and it's such a mm. kind of like if you listen to a, a song from the 90s you almost instantly recognize it from the 90s it's a very distinct kind of genre or kind of era for music so yeah, um, I, yeah. I have the, always have this theory, really, that, you know, the 50s sounded like the 50s, the 60s <laughs> sounded like the 60s, and if you did something in 1961 that sounded like the 50s, forget about it. The same would happen in yeah. the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, and somehow, not too far of where you were born, all that changed, I think, and, and to me, you can do anything you want today, but I'm not sure if there's even a distinctive sound that really fits this this age that we're in i don't know what you think about that 
Yeah, I kind of, I, I get, I totally agree with you there. Everything's kind of becoming a bit more genreless, if you get me. Mm -hmm. I think. I mean, yeah, fashion, even, fashion's the same as well. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Load, you even see kind of wide trousers from the seventies mm. coming back in fashion, and even like Ray, Ray still has his old ones from then. <laughs> I have my bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you're going to get in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I only says it isn't me bollocks. <laughs> you're allowed to say things like that on a podcast. Well, the, yeah, the producer might know. cut it out. You never know. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think kind of there's such a kind of wide variety of music and genres today that, as you said, you can kind of release... I suppose, kind of what you want to release and mm. kind of you'll always find an audience, for it, I find. Um, no matter what you release, there'll be people who like that music and kind of then you can meet them and talk about your interests and it's it's great. Yeah, it's really cool. I love it. Yeah, absolutely. Now, you know, you're on national television when you're 14. Um, you've done a hell of a lot already at, at 17 and you're still at school. Um where did it all begin? I mean, you met, you mentioned your father before, you know, running running a music pub. Is that where the um, the love of music came from? Yeah, well, I've yeah, well, I've been singing since I was like three, since I could, since I could barely walk. Um, and I used to just kind of go around the kitchen singing, 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 and you know, um, un until my family members had to be like, "Hey, Michael, you know, could you quiet down a tiny bit? We're we're trying to sleep." <laughs> but um i i yeah so i kind of grew up always singing and as i said listening to people like the beatles bob dylan and stuff like that even um in my house we have a, a jukebox uh hung up on the wall it's cool i love it but oh, um wow. it's uh, but you it's came you good. came from a family uh michael uh yeah i mean a music um, family background we talked about your dad jimmy mentioned it earlier and i told jimmy earlier that i had met your dad uh Lord of mercy on him. He, four years, is it, or five years? It's uh, six years, I think. Six years, oh my God, okay. Uh, yeah, I met him around 10 years ago, 11 years ago, in his beautiful pub, <laughs> Emmett's. Your father was a legend, a legend, a legend. And I mean, he loved his music, and he loved great music from the 60s and 70s. He says anything from today, he used to call it dog dancing music. And... <laughs> I ordered, seriously, true story, I ordered a Guinness and a smidgen of whiskey, and they were on the house. He hadn't seen me in a while, and we caught up, and we had a lovely chat. Your dad was a man who would chat to everybody. He would give his time, and he would give musicians, uh, Jimmy, this is a true story, any musician that came in, he gave them a chance to prove themselves on stage in the live uh, part of uh, Ballina, and it was a famous pub for live music, Jimmy, especially alternative and rock music. Mm. So you, I you, mean, that had an influence then, having that around you, I guess, if, you know, if you're singing from, from three. Now, you you released a song about your father. Am I right in that? Yeah, yeah. My, my debut single, uh, it was called All That I Do. So it was funny, actually. So when I went on the toy show, after I had finished singing, they presented me with a, a voucher for Windmill Lane Studio, which is a big studio uh, in Dublin. And they presented me with a voucher for um, a recording session there. So I had written this song. Uh, I'd written all that I do months, months, months before the toy show, before anything, oh, even before I even thought of the toy show. 
And I kind of wrote it really just sort of for me. I never really wrote it with the intention of like, you know, I'm going to release this as a single. You know, will this get played anywhere? You know, will I ever get to play this anywhere? It was sort of just like, I, I just sat down at the piano one day and it kind of just, that's how I was feeling on that day. And, and so I just decided to write that song just sort of for me to have it. But then when I when I got this, this voucher for Windmill Lane, I said, you know, what kind of better use than to kind of use it as an homage to my dad and how really how great he was and just how he was just such a gentleman. So I recorded it in Windmill Absolutely. Lane with the voucher um, and I released that on the 21st of, of May 2020. No, yeah, 21st of May 2021. Yeah, wow. That's not right. So even wow. even that that's mad to think that that's two and a half years ago now. That's, yeah, that's crazy. yeah, it is. Time, it time is. is going by too fast. Was that during <laughs> COVID as well? It was kind of just uh, to the latter end. Was there was there was a lot of ups and downs. Mm -hmm. But I think it was I think it was in the middle of COVID. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, because things were still kind of shut. Um, yeah, probably not as probably not as deep as kind of 2020. But I'm pretty mm -hmm. sure there was still some regulations. Yeah, and stuff. Now, something I'd like to ask you about is that you know you said you sat down at the piano and you you wrote that song. Um, obviously, I'm, I'm assuming that you play the guitar, you play the piano. Um, do you yeah. play anything else? Uh, I play guitar and piano mainly, um, and then actually my first instrument that I ever learned to play was the drums. I started drumming lessons at age seven because the drums were just so cool. I love the mm. drums, and I was always it's funny. I used to like in school be drumming like tapping on my desk and like my teacher used to give out to me like, michael we're trying to learn like stop uh, drumming on your desk so the drums were actually the first instrument i learned to play and then i also play the ukulele and um, a tiny bit of fiddle but it's right. it might uh, it might hurt your ears if i was to play fiddle for you. <laughs> I don't so think you want me to play. Do, you, do you want to tell us about uh, because okay we've played michael's covers but i mean you you are quite a prolific songwriter as well do you want to tell us how you um what your process is for writing a song yeah uh it's kind of it's weird because it's one of these things that's kind of different every time you sit down to um to do it some days i'll like as i as i go throughout the day or whatever sometimes out of nowhere uh, a lyric idea will come to me or a melody will come to me um, and it's funny I'll quickly I'll like grab my phone really quickly and you know if the lyric I'll type it down so I don't forget it I'm the worst at like forgetting lyrics or melodies like if I have a melody it'll, I'll have to record it like literally that second or it'll be gone and I'll never remember it again but um, I have about 7,000 unused melody recordings just sitting in my phone taking up space but who knows maybe they'll be a some use someday but um so it could start out kind of like that where i have a melody idea and i'll i'll be like that's kind of cool and i'll record that and then i'll maybe sit down later on that day and i'll you know take out my guitar and i'll try just expand upon that idea or if i have a lyric i'll, I'll try and incorporate that into the song somewhere and then other days it can be other days it can be quite challenging to write a song because some days you'll, you'll sit down and you'll you just can't come up with anything you'll, you'll be like this just isn't working you know you'll mm -hmm. come up with maybe one line that you'll like and you'll yep. be like this is great i'm getting somewhere and then almost instantly you'll be like never mind this isn't happening yeah so on days like that yeah 
That question, Jamie, I was going to ask you actually that same question. But uh, as we're ticking away in time, what would you be doing right now, Michael, if it wasn't for your music career? And I know you're residing in Dublin at the moment, uh, weekdays, that is, for college and study purposes. And before I forget, how did the maths, how did the maths exam go last week? Uh, I, th- I, think, <laughs> I think it went okay. I, th- I think maybe it could have gone better, but I was t- I was chatting to some people afterwards, and I think they found it a bit difficult as well. So I'm not feeling I'm not feeling too too bad. <laughs> right. Fing- fingers crossed on that one. Yeah. Um, yeah back yeah, to the first yeah, question: yeah. What would you be doing right now if it yeah. wasn't for your music career? Seriously, hand on heart. Yeah. Well, good question. Um, I suppose as well. I really I really love um, like technology, and as well. Like since as well since age three, I've just loved everything kind of gadgets, laptops, phones. Um, it was funny. I my I was in my granny's once, and I was about maybe five or six years old. And um, my my granny said, "Do you want a coloring book?" And she handed me a coloring book. And I said, um, "I said, uh, thanks, granny, but do you have a computer?" <laughs> she was she was uh, she was like a computer. <laughs> it was very funny. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> she was like handing me this you know I was about five she was like do you want a colour book and I was like yeah do you have a, do you have a laptop um, but I suppose if it wasn't for music I really love um, computer coding and kind of programming and software engineering stuff is really really interesting to me kind of I've, I've always had a kind of passion for that as well so I suppose that would be really cool so you're, you're a man of, man of many talents then um, uh, unfortunately we're um, we're running out of time um, I this has seemed so quick, actually. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Um, but, <laughs> yeah. And there are a number of things that we wanted to ask you as well. But um, we're coming up to Christmas. We're very, very close. Um, so any plans for there? Or for yeah, then, well, uh, <laughs> I just kind of sit down. What I, what I usually do is sit down and relax, eat loads of sweets and chocolate and watch Netflix and try and write a Christmas song, you know, mm-hmm. um, I'll sit down. I, I remember I sat down with my cousins, uh, like maybe t- is it two years ago now? And it was like Christmas Eve and it was like 11 PM and we just wrote a Christmas song, but like a funny, ironic Christmas song. I can't even remember what the lyrics were, but yeah, it's great crap, but usually just kind of eating a lot of sweets and chocolate and yeah. watching Netflix. <laughs> All right. Well, we, we both wish you the very best for Christmas. Um, ah, thanks guys. Well, Michael, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Thanks so much for having me on the show, guys. I've oh, you're welcome. I mean, we really enjoyed it. And you, you're a very pleasant and loquacious. Um, <laughs> do you know yeah, what that means? What right? that means now is I, it, <laughs> it means you're a good speaker, um, uh, guest. <laughs> so it's been an absolute pleasure. We'd love to have you on again at some time. Give us oh, an update. I'd, I'd love to come on again. Thanks so much yeah, for having Yeah, brilliant. Okay, Michael. well, it's all gone, yeah. right? Seriously, on a final note, Michael Maloney, young man, keep your head high, breathe in, and hit your notes. Jimmy and I and all the shakers out there wish for you to be given many more opportunities. And you will get there with your hard working and your amazing voice. Merry Christmas and a happy new year. Kindest regards to your mum. And big up to all in Ballina. Thanks so much Thanks for having me on, guys. Very <laughs> much, and all the best for Christmas. Thank you. Okay, take care. Keep in touch. 
playing out with Michael Maloney singing a beautiful version of The Wild Mountain Time. Oh, the summertime is coming And the leaves are sweetly blooming And the wild mountain time Grows around the blooming heather Will you go, lassie, go And we'll all go together Pluck the wild mountain time All around the blooming heather Will you go? Thanks very much to Michael, an absolutely legendary guest. We'll be back on Boxing Day or St. Stephen's Day, depending on where you're from, with a special episode and the very last episode of Black Milkshake Comedy Podcast before we change names. Seriously, good skills. Good skills. Black Milkshake Comedy Podcast was presented by Ray Mack and Yormer Kierko and was produced by James Kirk. No animals or copyright were violated during the making of this podcast. Black Milkshake 2023